Ag State of Mind, episode 32. Welcome to Ag State of Mind, a podcast that examines the stresses affecting producers of agriculture and how to alleviate these stresses and improve farmers' lives. In this podcast, we discuss openly the mental health crisis that is occurring in the agricultural community and what we can do to help turn it around. Now here's your host, Jason Meadows. of the Ag State of Mind podcast, a member of the Global Ag Network. I'm your host, Jason Meadows, and today on the show, we have Adrian DeSutter. We are kicking off our Across the River series that is featuring people from Illinois and talking about their own unique stories, um, me being in Missouri and going across the river to uh, Illinois. That's kind of where I came up with that, um, and I'm really excited to talk to these four fabulous ladies this month. Um, but like I said, my first guest of this series is Adrian DeSutter. Adrian is a friend of mine. She is a farm wife. She has a counseling background, um, and she is a wonderful advocate for mental health and agriculture. Um, she is very active online through her Facebook and her Twitter profiles, So Hope, Grow Hope. Um, I'll link that in the show notes, but uh, I'm very excited to talk to Adrian and get you all um, exposed to her, and uh, she is just doing some really great work, and I'm really happy that I have her on this journey with me. But uh, before we get started, I'm going to review, uh, read a review from this week. Um, it's from Farm Wife and Mom, five stars. Title is Great Resource. This podcast is a great resource for people involved in agriculture to hear about the so many issues that are affecting mental health. Uh, appreciate that. I appreciate any and all reviews that you all can go over and, and give to us over wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we greatly appreciate it and always want to be able to provide you the best content. So that's how the best way we, we know how we're doing is if you go over and leave us a review, we would uh, greatly appreciate it. Um, but for now, here is my episode recording with my friend, Adrian DeSutter. All right, Adrian, thanks for coming on today. How are you? Doing good, Jason. How are you? Good. You know, actually, I was thinking today, this is our only our second time having a real conversation where, you know, we're hearing one another's voices, but we have connected over social media. Um, we've had a lot of really important exchanges over Twitter. So I feel like, and, and over text too. So I feel like you and I really, you know, kind of get where one another's coming from, even if it's only our second time hearing one another's voices. It totally cracks me up because just, you know, having a conversation with you, I feel like I've known you for a long time. Now. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's so funny. It is so funny to me. And that's what social media does. That, it's right? exactly I mean, it right. Helps bridge us and connect us in different ways other yeah. than just seeing each other in person or whatever. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, you know, like I said, we, you and I have known of and known each other for a good little while now, so we're really familiar with one another, but tell everybody um, who may be hearing you for the first time who you are and what you do and, you know, what your background is and what the work you're trying to do is, and, you know, we'll go from there. Sure, sure. So I am um, married to a fourth-generation corn and soybean farmer in Illinois, and I don't have an ag background other than 
my marriage <laughs> and that whole, when you marry the farmer, you marry the farm thing. Right. So, um, I didn't, I grew up in rural Illinois, so a town of 2,100 people and I was surrounded by cornfields. You know, I grew up in the country even. Um, so I consider myself definitely a rural person, but farm life is totally different than rural life, you know? Um, and obviously totally different than city life. And, and so it's just interesting you know, what I have learned about agriculture in the last, oh, almost nine years now mm-hmm. that I've known my husband. So, so yeah, I, I, I guess our, our story and, and what I'm trying to do now kind of starts uh, in 2018 when we had a, a family friend who died by suicide. And um, he was a, a farmer in our area. And it's been interesting to me not coming from agriculture and hearing about the number of people in the past, you know, decade that just even in our area or in our state or uh, who have died by suicide or who, who have dealt with some mental health issues in agriculture because other industries, I don't, I, I wasn't hearing that. You know, I was, I've been involved in education. I was a school counselor before I, uh, now I'm home with my kids for a little while anyway, but you know, it was kind of just shocking to me to, to continue hearing about the suicides that have been happening um, and some of the some of the issues that farmers were having, um, but but when we lost this family friend, it really it really made me concerned, I guess even more than I ever had been because it was kind of like okay here I am, in agriculture I knew this person, I have a mental health background and I didn't see this coming, so um, yeah so I you know there's a little bit of guilt there. Not that we were close friends by any means personally, but there was just, it just reminded me that this is something that everyone deals with um, or everyone has a connection to. Not just suicide, but, um, you know, stress in general, farm stress. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really, we all know someone who has depression or anxiety. We just don't always know that they have it. Um, but one in five people in the country has a mental health condition and in farming it's estimated to be even closer to like one in three. So, so yeah, so I just felt like at that time in 2018, it wasn't really ag mental health wasn't a hot topic. People weren't talking about it and just felt like I needed to do something. I couldn't sit around. Um, I wasn't really sure what my place was in having that conversation because I was not a a practicing therapist at the time. Um, I have a counseling degree and I have some certification, but I wasn't, you know, providing any therapy. I wasn't working with a college doing research or anything. I didn't have a a good story of how I had overcome anything or, or a tragedy to tell or anything like that. But it dawned on me that I needed to not wait for that story to happen. Right. Mm, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like get out in front of it. Yeah, right. And that's what we all need to do. I mean, that's the moral of the story when it comes to egg mental health. We can't wait around until this becomes so close to home that it is home. Right. And mm, yeah. Um, yeah. So I had loved ones in agriculture and outside of agriculture that are struggling with mental health conditions like depression and anxiety. Um, and I just felt like it was really important that they knew um, that we needed to get control of this before it's too late. So Long story, but it but it turned into um, uh, me, I suppose, becoming an advocate more than anything else, just for ag mental health, just sharing 
kind of what some of the issues are. Um, and I, it's kind of grown into, um, I, I'm a columnist now for Illinois Farm Bureau. So I do a wellness column in their monthly publication. I do um, workshops and presentations, just helping people understand, again, what those statistics are, kind of what are signs of crisis, what we can do about it. I do a little bit of consulting with ag businesses and, and, um, and then I'm on social media, I suppose. I'm a social media advocate where I focus solely on egg mental health. I don't really provide my, inf- my opinions on anything sure, else. Right. I try to stay really apolitical and, uh-huh. um, and, and just advocate for, for farmers and farm families and, and try to share tips and, and resources and things like that. So I think one of the things that makes me unique maybe is that I, I try to be really upfront about it and blunt about it. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for someone like me, it's hard at first to be upfront and blunt about it because it's something that's kind of been tucked away in people's minds. And, you know, we're just now starting to talk about it. But you, I feel like you make no bones about it. And I mean, that's the way it needs to be that way. I mean, it's, it's this way. Um, you know, we're going to talk about this. We're not going to, you know, tiptoe around it. I mean, it's real, it's in your face and, and it, and, and people seem to respond well to it and people seem to be craving that kind of talk. I mean, that's the, what I'm finding out anyway. Yeah. Well, I agree because I think, you know, the majority of people and the majority of farmers and ranchers, you know, aren't struggling with mental health conditions like depression mm-hmm. or anxiety, but most are struggling with stress. I mean, that's just yes. the reality. That's and something so I, I think, yes. sorry, that's something I just, when you were talking, I was just, I just wrote that down. And that's something I kind of want to focus on right now because I never saw stress, quote unquote, stress as mental health before. I, I never, ever saw it that way until I started doing the work that I'm doing and, um, you know, kind of the same kind of work you're trying to do as being an advocate and stress is as big a part as mental health as anything is. And I want to talk to you about that because that's something that I think it really hits home with me because I, you know, obviously I experience a lot of farm stress. I, I experienced a lot of farm stress this week, <laughs> but, um, you know, I want to talk to you about that and get your opinion on, get your thoughts on that, on, on how farm stress equates into mental health. Yeah. Well, and because we, unfortunately, when we hear the term mental health in general, we go to that, we go to depression, mm-hmm. we go to anxiety, our mind goes to the loony bin, right? Right. Our mind yep. goes to <laughs> rehab, therapy, and all these things, because it's still a relatively new topic. Um, in our society. And um, even though things have been happening forever, people have been suffering with these conditions forever. It's just still relatively new when it comes to the research. And and so we have a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of, you know, confusion about it. um, And that makes the communication of it difficult. And that, that, you know, develops this huge stigma, right, around mental health. But, But mental health in a term is just the same as saying physical health, only we're talking about our mind, our mentality, as opposed to the physical parts of our body. So, so yeah, when we hear mental health, that includes anything that is keeping our, our mentality and our mind and our brain healthy, whether that's dealing with you know, stress management or, or going deeper into when you have a mental health condition or mental illness or whatever terminology you want to use, like depression or anxiety. Um, we all, it, it's relatable to all. And I think that's why people have really been um, receptive to that that being blunt is because 
we know it. We all know that stress and we all do relate to it in some form. And unfortunately, in farming especially, we bottle that up. We don't talk about it because we're not sure how to do it. And because, um, you know, some of the personality traits on, in farming um, and in farmers is, is kind of a, kind of a hindrance, I suppose, um, to, to allowing you to just be open about those things that you feel and, and the way you're. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain independence for sure. And, you know, even stubbornness. And I've said this before that, you know, that's a, that can be a really good thing when it comes to being involved in agriculture, being, you know, because you do live a life of isolation and you do have to be independent. I mean, you do have to be self-reliant, but when it comes to talking about these things, when it comes to putting these things about your own stress, your own mental health, your own just well-being, we don't, we have a very, for the same reason, we have a very hard time seeking help with that because we don't feel like we need to be helped or we have had this long track record of not being helped. So, you know, what's, what's to say I need help right now? Exactly. Well, and, and it's exactly like you just said, these are not personality traits that are, are bad traits. These aren't things that are bad about farmers. You know, being self-reliant in farming is a good thing. Right. Yeah, but, you know, my, my father-in-law this last couple of weeks has been tearing down a barn. I mean, by <laughs> himself, single-handedly tearing down a barn. And here I am. I can hardly walk up the stairs without feeling winded. <laughs> and he's out there, you know, a generation older than me doing hard work. Right. And, and just, you know, so that there's this perseverance and there's this ambition and drive and, and again, self-reliance that are all things about farmers that make them successful. You know, they know how to, to, push at night when we're talking about harvest and things like that, they know how to, they're going to work till that job is done. And so that's an awesome thing. We don't want to paint farming in a bad light by any means. No, but, no, no. Right. But those things become a liability, essentially. They, mm -hmm. they then become, okay, we're going to push and we don't know when to turn it off. And so when we're talking about taking care of ourselves, we don't always know when it's time to turn that off, that drive, that push. It's like sometimes you got to step back and take a break. You know, we need to know that maybe it's a Sunday you need to take off or maybe it's just not coming home at 11 o'clock at night during harvest, you know, maybe it's just making a curfew of nine o'clock or something. And that's just, you know, one example, but um, yeah, it, it, it can get, it can become a barrier between a person really um, understanding where they're at in their mental health and, and understanding when they need to, to do something about it. So how, and you know, I don't think there's any perfect answer here and I don't want to put you on the spot, but you know, we, I know we've had exchanges about this and we've seen each other talk about this, but, um, the getting out of that mindset of it's always going to be a bunch of hard work that gets me through and, you know, rest and recuperation and, you know, getting not always going, you know, a hundred miles an hour. How do we get out of that mentality? How do we get farmers, people in agriculture out of that mentality that, you know, sometimes it is okay to stop and take a little bit of a break just so we can be better the next day? Because I've learned that because I used to be that way because that's how I saw every other man in my life be. And, you know, and I admired those men for that. But I also saw that 
it can lead to a lot of things that are not desirable, like being stressed and being angry. And so how do we break that? um, How do we break that trend in getting people to not only focus on the hard work, but also take care of themselves? Yeah. And that, that is a a million dollar, million dollar question. I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, but the thing is, is, is that there are answers to it. You know, I think as an individual, in farming, I think the most important thing we can do, and I heard this from um, a, a professor, Sean Brotherson, who works with North Dakota State University Extension. He's been doing research forever in uh, ag mental health. And he compares farmers, talks about farmers as being an asset to their farm. And I think as individuals, we need to start thinking about that. You know, when we're, when we're making our asset lists that we sat and had a meeting with our banker not long ago, and we're, we're writing out our assets and these are all the things that we value. And these are all the things that we think are going to make our farm more successful and more productive. And we have to start thinking of ourselves, the farmer as an asset to our farm. We have to start thinking that, you know, without us, there is no farm. Right. right. Yeah. 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 And so, so that means, you know, when we, we notice that when we're not top notch, when we're tired, when we're not well, whether that's physically or mentally, things start to suffer on the farm. You start to see things getting run down. You start to see things not being taken care of as well, or decisions made a little more impulsively without that aren't as well thought, thought out. And, and we see farm accidents even that can be um, sometimes related to stress. And so I think that that's, that's a really good start for us as farmers is to make sure that we are considering ourselves an asset and considering ourselves worthwhile to our farm, just like we do our equipment and our, and our number of acres and our number of you know, livestock that we have. Um, I think that's really important. And I also think it's important that we, um, that we stop comparing to each other. You know, you just said, yes. you look at all these other. Right. These yeah. Other no, hundred percent. Yeah. I've been before you. And it's like, what works for one is not, is not the same as what works for another. I just tweeted the other day about my husband who just earlier this week or last week, I suppose he worked like three or four 15 hour days in a row. And the next day he, he slept until like eight o'clock. This is not sleeping in really, but eight o'clock. Okay. For him was sleeping in and he woke up and he felt so guilty that he had done that. And because everyone else was working, of course it's eight o'clock. And I'm just like, Drew, that's not true. First of all, um, you know, we, but, but that's the mentality that we have is this, oh my gosh, I have to live up to what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, and especially for in farming, whether it's, you know, your cattle or, or whether it's your, your crops, people see it. It's out on display all the time. Right. right yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you drive by and you scout other people's fields and you notice that your crops aren't doing as well as theirs. And I'm not saying that that's a worthless thing to do by any means, because it's okay to kind of know where you, where you stack up. But when you do that and you start to beat yourself up, you know, that's a different story. And that's where we all have to understand that we, we need different levels of sleep. We need different, you know, nutrition and different, different stress management um, than, than each other. And, and so I think that that's important. And then And finally, I think we have to talk about that. You know, we have to be okay with that. We need our ag businesses saying, you don't just have to be a tough farmer. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. know, we we need each other 
coming out and saying I had a tough day. I mean, there, there was one of my favorite things that have happened on Twitter in the last few months is when, um, you know, a, a guy posted, and this is a guy who's kind of bullheaded, right? He posted, you know, I'm just going to say, come right out and say it. I had a tough day. I had to go see someone. And I, and, and if you need to see someone, you need to see someone, just go do it. And I don't know if you remember that conversation. I know you were a part of it, but. I but, do. Uh-huh. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about too. Yes. I loved it because I don't love that he was going through that, obviously. Right, 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 right. This guy who's a bullheaded guy comes out and says this, the number of likes, the number of retweets and comments it was just like super popular because it got people talking about their own stress it was like oh since he did it well i can come out and say it too Mm -hmm. you know i feel more comfortable sharing what i was going through too and you know with men they don't do that they bottle it up stereotypically obviously Mm -hmm. everybody's individual but you know men don't do that they don't for the most part yeah Right. And so, um, so I thought that was cool. I also thought it was cool that the the comments on there were then talking about people sharing what's worked for them. So kind of sharing resources. Um, and, and there were other comments on there that, you know, maybe were people that weren't even in ag or weren't sharing those stresses, but were able to say, Hey, I'm here to support you through that. And I just thought that was so powerful to see, you know, someone kind of reaching out for help a little bit, or even just sharing their story. And just the, the camaraderie and that, that ag support that we know, right? That ag community just wrapping their arms around someone in whatever way they knew how to do. So Yeah, 100%. And I, I, I'm glad you said that about that ag community wrapping their arms around them because that is exactly what's going to happen if we come out and we talk about our struggles. And, you know, no one is going to, I mean, I can't say that no one, there may be someone trying to shame you, but there, but but the overwhelming majority of people are going to be there and be your support. And they're going, the people that are your friends and do care about you, they are going to be there for you 100%. And they'll never think anything any less of you because of that. And they'll be happy that you reached out because, you know, maybe they will recognize some things in themselves. I mean, I know we we're talking about that same conversation and that conversation had a really big impact on me this last couple of months. And, you know, made me do a little bit of searching in myself and, you know, maybe helped me improve some things on myself, you know? So, I mean, I know how much it helped me and I've, I've come a long way since a long time ago too. So, I mean, all these people that, that, that could get, can benefit from that kind of talk is so awesome and so powerful. And I'm so glad that we have these mediums like this where we can exchange ideas so freely. I mean, it can bring it can bring out the worst in humanity, but it can also really bring out the best. Right, and 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 you know, in a time right now where you know we're we're really talking about um, contagion, right? Right, right. now during yeah. this time with coronavirus, we're really talking about you know how how we can impact each other essentially in a negative way. There's a contagion around the way we act in a positive way too, whether that's with kindness and gratitude and whatever, or just that ability to, to share that reaches someone else, you know, that, that the way that that reached you, I mean, you're just one person and think of how many people saw, I mean, I know that there were over a thousand people at least that saw that tweet. And so I just think who all, who all did that hit? And then how many of those people are going to go out and now do something 
that's going to be meaningful to someone else, you know? And that's, that's kind of where my Twitter came from. My Twitter handle is so hope grow hope. And I, and, and that's the concept for me is, you know, as farmers, we're good at planting things, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least we hope we are. Right. <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's kind of the name of the game. Right? <laughs> that's what we want to be good right. at. We, we're, we're good at planting things. And, and my hope is that we, you know, we plant hope, we plant these, these ideas and this, this idea that, you know, we're not in it alone. These struggles that we go through, you got an ag community behind you that's going to support you once they understand what's going on. And and it's not always easy. We don't always understand. We don't always know what to say, but we're getting there. We're getting closer. We're having these conversations a little bit more. So that idea that, you know, I have one presentation or we have this one podcast and how many people are going to hear this and then be a little bit more confident in going out and, you know, reaching out to someone they're concerned with or just understanding signs of crisis a little bit better. And, and how much then, you know, can we plant that hope and then, and watch it spread or, or know that it's going around knowing that it's making a huge difference across, you know, the entire agriculture community and then some. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Um, and I'm I like what you earlier when you talked about because this is something I wanted to talk to you about too. Is we talk we're talking about this time, this tough time that we're going through with with COVID nineteen and the isolation that's going on. And you know, as something as people who are involved in agriculture will understand, is this is something that we have experienced for a long time and people know this feeling and you know I'm not trying to say you know uh, we're better than you anything like that Um, but I I think that the ag community has something to offer the rest of the world here and and maybe speaking out on how you know isolation has affected us and how we have gotten over those things going forward and hopefully hopefully that message can kind of get out to the greater public in this time because it is tough this time of isolation for the public is is rough you know we were talking about um you know we got just for instance you know there's some people in our school district who you know their kids rely on this food at school for their children to be fed. I mean, that's, you know, that's really sad, you know, so that's just one aspect of it, of, of this, you know, this isolation thing going on. So what kind of lessons do you think that we can, you know, maybe kind of portray to the, to the general, the general public? Well, and I, that's a good question. And I think that it's kind of twofold, like you're saying, you know, we're not in in any way trying to compare this, you know, what we go through, on a daily basis to what everyone is experiencing right now, because obviously these are, you know, we know these are very different things. They're very different dynamics. There's a lot of different things that go into, to, um, a pandemic versus a right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you're, you're right that there are some similarities. And I think that the rest of the country is starting to starting to go through isolation, obviously starting to go through even more than that. Um, uncontrollables, right. We know that as farmers, there's a lot, out of our control and they're not just little things. They're things that are a big deal that can make or break our entire operations, our entire, you know, businesses. Um, So a lot of things that we have to deal with all the time that we don't have control over necessarily. We also are working with families and we're seeing a lot of people right now really struggle having to work at home with their families for long periods of time. Right. 
Right. So there's some, some of that and, and obviously financial uncertainty. So there's a lot of similarities that are, you know, happening right now. And I think that um, in agriculture, we certainly can humbly talk about how those things impact us and help people understand that, that, that there are wellness tips out there for that. You know, there are things you can do to combat that, whether that's just picking up the phone, whether that's Zoom, I'm sure has been so popular right now because right. Yeah. You know, Zoom, FaceTime, all these different, uh, you know, ways to communicate um, that we're not used to, that we, we can rely on those things we need to know that we need to pick up the phone right now and, and contact people that we care about and, you know, show our concern and make sure check up on people. Right. And, and so that's something that, you know, we've, we have learned in agriculture that we need to do. And I think the twofold part about this is not only can we be teaching uh, the general public about, you know, what we do to cope, but I think what's really cool is that as farming, as a farming community, we're learning also that these are, these are stressors that are real. Mm-hmm. These are things that yeah. are real that we take for granted and we act like, again, we have to be so tough and just deal with them. And now we've got the rest of the world saying, this is really tough. Right. <laughs> because it is. It is. It's really tough. And, and so as a farming community, now we need to say, you know what? This is really tough. We're really tough, but this is really tough too. And um, yeah, and just taking that a little more seriously. And I, I think that that's important for us to, to accept and, and just acknowledge that um, the way we live, our lifestyles are very different than most people's and, and that's okay. There's parts of that that are so wonderful, but we also need to acknowledge that these things can, can really, you know, can really get at us and really cause a lot of stress. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you said what you said about because I I've never thought of it that way as far as maybe some kind of justification or realization that yes, these things are tough and these things that we've been experiencing all these years are tough and seeing other people maybe go through that is it's not it's not a good thing obviously, but it's like you said it's it's a little bit of self-justification, a little bit of self-realization that, you know, these problems are real. These are things that we've been dealing with that for a really long time, but you know, a lot of other people are just now discovering and maybe a little bit of gratitude too that we've overcome some of these problems and been able to deal with them on our own for so long that uh, maybe, maybe it's, maybe this will be a little bit easier on this. I don't know. You know, just, just, just some thoughts I'm thinking of right now um, because at the end of the day, this is going to be tough and we're all going to go through this together. You know, this is this social isolation thing is going to impact everyone. And my hope for it is it brings out even more good in humanity because it helps us to appreciate the things that we had going in. And it helps us to appreciate the things that helps us realize the things that are necessities are our necessities and things that are luxuries are just that luxuries. And, you know, to kind of maybe not take our lives for granted a little bit. That is, that is my hope. I hope, you know, I, I'm, I'm very upset that this is going on, but uh, being an optimist, I hope for the good in humanity to shine through after this. Right. Right. Well, and that's, so I once attended a, a, a workshop, on our legacy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 
I love the topic of legacy now because I just think it's so cool to like, most of us don't even think about what it is we're going to leave behind, you know? And I think, you know, we wait until we're older, you know, we wait until we're older and we're saying, okay, well, what did I do? What did I give? And instead of doing that, you know, as a younger person, well, I hope I, I guess I consider myself younger still, but you know, we, now it's like I try to take ownership of that now. I'm not, I don't want to look back and say, well, what did I do? I want to right now say, what am I doing? What am I leaving back? You know, what am I, what am I contributing to society and to my family? And, and what did I value? Because I think that's something in agriculture, um, you know, and in general that, you know, we have a list maybe of things that we think are important or things that we value, but are we really prioritizing those things? Mm -hmm. Are we really measuring our success in life based on, you know, how we contribute to those priorities and those values? Right. Right. Because I can tell you for me, that's not always the case. (laughs) No, 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 no. I I totally agree. And something Carrie and I did at the beginning of this, uh, I can't say when we really started doing it, but it was probably last year sometime. And we sat down and we we made a list of our core values. A core values as a couple and core values for um, our family, core values for our farm. And all these things that uh, that are important to us. And it's like four or five, a list of four or five things in each capacity. And if something comes up that we're not sure about and we check and see how it affects our core values, you know, that, that makes the decision for us. We let those core values make a decision for us. And I think that's kind of the same type of thing when you're talking about your legacy, when a decision comes up and which way you make that decision, how it affects your legacy and how it affects the things that are important to you. You know, that I think, it makes the decision for you. And I think we have to do a lot more of that line of thinking to, to be, to be our version of successful. Yes. And not, not anyone else's. I love that. I love that because that's exactly it is that, you know, again, we, when we're, we're in this field, this profession where we do all this comparing, really taking ownership of you and your family and your values and understanding that they don't have to look anything like your neighbor farmers, you know, or your neighbors or whatever. And, and that's, I mean, that's, that's, I think goes back to kind of what you were saying with this whole crisis is, you know, we're all having to slow down even Mm. in, even in agriculture right now. I mean, we're here prepping for spring planting where I'm at in Illinois, but we're still having to slow down. There are still things that we're having to do. You know, I can tell you in my line of work right now as a, as a presenter. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. Ooh, completely cleared out real quick. I know. Hey, I mean, that's, I'm, that's, that's how it has to be. I'm totally okay with that. Right. But still it's, it's tough. Yeah, it is. It is. But it reminded me exactly what you're saying though, is like, okay, you know what I've done all week long? I've worked with my two and three year old <laughs> at home on their school stuff. And I have, um, you know, kept my house a little nicer, which for me, you know, not that I think clean cleanliness is like the most important thing, 
at all. Trust me, you should see the room I'm sitting <laughs> in right now. <laughs> but I do know that, you know, that reduce of clutter is something that for us gives us a little bit of relief. Um, that's one of our stress management strategies at home is if we can reduce clutter and keep things picked up, that sure, at least yeah. helps us feel a little bit better, you know? <laughs> and so I've been trying to kind of focus on those things. And you know what else I've done? I watched TV. I don't remember the last time that I have turned the TV on and watched what I wanted to watch or, you know, picked up a book and focused more than five minutes here and there on just something that I wanted to do that was not work related, that was not, you know, not related to parenting. It was just allowing me to be a human, right? Yeah. And I think that's, that's what I've done. And I think that's, and I also I have my parents and my in-laws both live within a half hour from me. And so we see them a lot, but this isolation thing, we're not even going around them for. Right. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it's so interesting how you can be so close to someone and feel so far away when you have isolation going on. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, my folks, we live, I mean, uh, 10 minutes as, but as the crow flies, we're like three miles from them. So, I mean, we're super close to them and we just, it, it kills me for my, cause you know, they, my kids are their last grandkids. I'm the baby. My kids are the last little kids at home. And so, I mean, this is really tough on them not being able to see my kids. And I hope that everyone gets through this unscathed and you know we have we have a big long celebration afterwards and you know just getting my kids to be able to see their grandma and grandpa is uh is is a huge thing for me now which something i i 100 percent took it for granted because you know they were 10 minutes down the road you know it was no big deal for them to go over to nana and paul's house but now it's you know that we wouldn't even think of letting them go over there um for everyone's safety and you know just gaining a little bit of perspective. And again, I don't want to discount the bad things that are going on due to this pandemic because it's hard. But I, I, I truly think that the world will come back. I mean, people, I, I shouldn't say the world because, you know, that's not something I necessarily have control over. But people, you know, the individuals, the families, the smaller units will come back out of this refreshed and, you know, with a with a new purpose and a new perspective of what's really important. I certainly hope that that's the case, because I think I know for me, it would be really easy to slide right back into who I was. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so no, I, 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 and I think <laughs> so too, things or, you know, that type of thing. I think, but I'm saying, I, I think you're right. I hope we will, but I, I need to make an active effort I yeah. Yeah. as a person. And I, so that's what I think we all have to remember is we're in this time right now that, you know, might be slowed down and we have time for reflection. Um, but we have to make an active effort. And I think that's a really important thing that we need to do always. We always need to be slowing down at least temporarily throughout, you know, different periods of our life um, to, re to reflect. I love that you guys did a core values thing and wrote it down because, you know, we mm -hmm. can all talk about, oh, we, we all have values. They're all up there somewhere. Right. But until you really stop and talk about it and write it down and make it purposeful, they don't mean as much, you know, right. you're not making, yep. yeah, you're not practicing that as well. So I think that's, you know, one of my biggest stress management tips in general is, is that whole idea of just, you know, being mindful of who you are, 
you know, what you're feeling, what you're going through, allowing that to happen, you know, and instead of bottling things up or instead of, you know, trying to do things to distract you away from your stresses, just allowing yourself to say, okay, I'm not in a good place right now. That's okay. Here's what it feels like for me. Here's kind of what brought it on and just kind of having a better understanding of, you know, what your, what that stress looks like for you. Um, I think that's really important. So again, it kind of, you know, it, we're talking about stress management a little bit, but I think it plays into a bigger picture because really the whole concept is in general, in your life, who do we want to be? You know, what do you want to be focused on? And, and you have to be purposeful. You have to, to think about it actively and then set those goals and work towards those goals. Yeah, no, 100%. Well, Adrian, I want to be respectful of your time tonight. I really, really appreciate you jumping on this call with me, recording this conversation. I, I've had a lot of fun talking to you. And, you know, hearing someone with the same kind of passion for this kind of work is really refreshing to me and helps me to understand that the work that I'm doing is is important and also that I'm not alone. So it's really awesome to hear you talk. So I want to give you the opportunity to... Um, first of all, if you feel like I left anything on the table to, to put that out there, but also to give folks the opportunity to see where they can find you online. And if they, you know, have any kind of follow up questions they want to talk to you about, or just want to follow along with you in your journey, um, want give you the opportunity to share that with the folks. Sure. Well, I think, you know, I like what you said there, just that, you know, we have this connection because we have this similar passion, but I, I want to ensure everyone listening that everyone has a place at this table. This is oh, a discussion. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you may need, you know, you may, you may be a pro at managing your stress, right? You may not have a mental health condition, whatever, you know, but the thing is there are people out there who need help and those who need help are least like, likely to ask it. We don't have to be a doctor. We don't have to be a therapist. We don't have to be a researcher, right? We can be anyone. And, you know, you don't have to be passionate about mental health, but you can at least be vigilant and you can at least be an empathetic person towards the people that you know and, and be willing to, to reach out and be willing to have those conversations. So I think um, I try to provide a lot of um, kind of guidance as to how to do that based on what um, different professionals have said. So you can follow me on Twitter. I am at So Hope Grow Hope. And I also have a, a relatively new Facebook account under So Hope Grow Hope as well. So those are both places you can check me out and send me a message if you have a question. Cool. Um, I will and I'll link those in the show notes when this uh, when this comes available. So Adrian, this was awesome tonight. I really appreciate your time. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a really long time. I know like we set this up a long time ago and uh, I've been like always oh, just I've been continually looking forward to this for, to this conversation. So uh, thank you for for the time tonight. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. And on, I could talk for hours on this as I'm sure you could as well. Uh-huh. hundred percent. Right. So, um, so yeah, hopefully this was relatively insightful for some people or entertaining at the very least, but I'm happy to talk. And, and anytime you want to chat, we can, we can go deeper into anything. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like this is not going to be your last time that we talk in this capacity either. So uh, I look forward to any future conversations we have, not just on the podcast, but, you know, in, in outside of it as well. 
Very cool. Yep. Me too, man. All right. Thanks a bunch. I appreciate it. Thanks, Jason. Take care. Uh-huh. Next week on the show, we continue our series on Across the River with my friend Deanne Frieders. Deanne is the founder of the site This Farm Girl Cooks, um, kind of talking about the importance of role that women play in agriculture. Um, really excited to get her on the show and get her exposed again to our audience. So uh, really cool conversation I had with her. So uh, please be sure to check that out next week. Um, until then, just uh, keep on taking care of one another and keep on taking care of yourselves. This is Jason Meadows and the Ag State of Mind podcast. Thanks for listening to Ag State of Mind. We hope this episode has encouraged you. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Ag State of Mind. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify so you never miss an episode. See you next week.